Encouraging conversation in rethinking education with teachers, authors, and thought leaders from around the world. This is EDU with an Edge. And here are your hosts, Craig Badura and Tim Holes. I need to listen. I'll listen to it tomorrow. Okay, welcome back, listeners. We are here for episode, what episode is this, Tim Holes? 22. <laughs> 22, we are sitting outside on the deck, so if you hear some uh, abnormal noises, a dog barking, the birds chirping, doors smoke. slamming, can you, the you campfire can't, smoke. You can hear smoke. You can no, <laughs> You can hear the crackling. <laughs> the crackling of the campfire. So what have you guys been up to lately? What have you been reading? Uh, Taylor, I'll go ahead and share. Um, I yeah, think go this ahead. will be a, kind of a topic that we can talk about tonight as far as a blog that was sent to us by John Rublid. Um title of it was a rural school turns to digital education is it a savior or devil's bargain i love Um, that title we'll drop that link to in the uh when we share this uh podcast episode it was on nbcnews.com and Mm -hmm. tim shared that uh earlier this week or this weekend and uh very interesting yes uh, i think taylor we went to lincoln about a week and a half ago John yeah. was traveling with us, and we had a really good conversation just about it and in, about education in general. And this kind of hit home with me because I'm an administrator at a smaller district, and we're always looking for innovative ways to deliver instruction. And you think of resources. Um, you know, in smaller schools, we don't have as many resources as larger districts do, so we're always looking for new ways on how we can still offer as many programs and classes uh, with as little as resources that we have. Um, reading this was very interesting because this school in Modoc, Indiana, basically I didn't went, know how to say that. Uh, yeah, and I, I hope I'm saying Modoc. it right. Tell um, us, people from nope. Indiana. But what, when reading it, they just went completely digital. They went all in. They went all in. And um, for them, it's working. But as you read the article... There are others where it hasn't worked. So uh, you guys have both read it. So what did you guys think? Go ahead, Craig. I I see what the benefit of it, and I, I get the small town. I think of a small town here in Nebraska, a rural school similar to yours, even smaller, Elba. Um, yeah. And I know that they do a lot of major advertising here in, in newspaper, TV, that you know, they got a four-day four day week, and uh, they bus kids. I actually think they come to a town that's probably, what is Grand Island, probably 40 miles from there. And they are, are doing anything to get kids to come to their school. It's a small town. There's a lot of value in those schools and those small towns, a lot of pride involved with that and that community atmosphere. And boy, what a challenge that is. And I, I think that superintendent that I... I, I consider him forward thinking for doing that but it sounds like he's really ruffled some feathers in that community and boy and you look at how it's taken off though so but on the other hand the the devil's you know advocate there you look at how much how little money that schools i mean they're getting the state aid but in return that the the k-12 incorporated is taking huge profits from this uh, uh, this venture here. What do you think, Taylor? And then the K-12 Incorporated is the actual private company yeah. that is providing right. them this virtual... They're operating online. the school yes. for them, basically, Correct. right? Yeah. Yes. I the like digital the, school, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're taking on all the costs and things like yeah. that, and they break down the numbers, which is interesting. But, you know, they did a really good job with this article. I love the title. And then the, the quote is, when you eliminate the school, we've seen what happens to these small towns. I can speak from personal experience, so... 
Um, I grew up in Henderson and now live in Henderson and um, was a part of a school that consolidated with uh, Bradshaw. Mm-hmm. And my dad was on the school board and had to make a tough decision when they shut down the school of Bradshaw and said, we're no longer going to send yeah. kids there. And that hurt. I mean, I get goosebumps thinking about it now because Sarah Bruni, who's on our team, is in Bradshaw and her, her father's still on the school board, thankfully. And there's still a presence from Bradshaw, but that really hurt that community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you look at a situation like this and, and now they kind of, I don't know if it's a short term, you know, kind of play that they kind of save the school yeah. for the short term um, <laughs> to keep it around. Um, or if this is a long-term play, like this is going to sustain the school for a number of years, and now they've grown, what, they have 700 kids across the state mm-hmm. that are consuming content from the school. And, gosh, I just – the more I think about this, I understand yep. that it's super tough to kind of see that vision. But And it doesn't work for everyone. I think the article did a fantastic job of showing both sides of success and failure. I think it's super tough, and I love your guys' feedback on this of – kids taking online classes and how tough that is to keep them motivated to stay. I, even for myself taking an online class, it's tough yeah. to finish it. And if you imagine, don't have that incentive, you know, imagine being a 15, 16 yeah. year old, because what it, it talked in the article about for each class you take, you have to do six hours of work per week. And most kids will take five classes. So you got 30 hours a week. You got to dedicate to this online school. I'd rather, if I'm a teenager, I'm going to go downstairs and play Fortnite. If you're I'm sitting at gonna... home, yeah, who's keeping <laughs> you accountable? Mom and dad are at work. That's the hard you know? piece for this where I can see where there's some pushback on this. But, boy, the revenue that's flowing into this. Because, like you said, they had added an additional 700 students yeah. virtually to their school base. And that's 5000 almost 6000 yep. bucks a head yeah. added to this school district. So, um, boy, I, I'd really love to just talk to that that superintendent just to pick his brain and see what even some of the teachers think at that school, because it talked about some of the teachers that teach that are just remote and they had, yeah. they designate two rooms at the school for this digital learning that happens for these students. Right. Well, according to the article, it says that now the district employs a total of what is it? Five yeah. full-time employees and they are using the K-12 incorporated again to basically run their classes. Now, the one thing that when reading it, I could be wrong. I mean, it says it's a virtual type class that they take. And what this sounds like to me is it's basically distance learning because it's a live yeah, instructor. Yeah. So in, unlike an online class where it's yeah. kind of self-paced and, you know, it might have the, the rubric and this is the stuff you need to get done at this certain amount of time. And then you email it to the instructor. I mean, this isn't like that. It is it is live instruction. And one of the teachers that actually works for K-12 Incorporated was interviewed in this article saying that, it, you know, retired teachers, they don't get the benefits, so on and so right. forth, but they still get to teach. And they'll say that there might be a time where they receive a call and they've got 10 minutes, that, you know, and then they're on, but they teach the same thing. So this, this teacher was, was saying, well, it's not that bad because it's like we're teaching the same thing six or seven times throughout the day. Yeah. Um, so what's really neat about it is it's a live teacher. Um, and I think is it that, all that? I guess maybe I read I don't that know. wrong. I don't know. I was thinking some of it was. It um, could be. It could be online. Recorded, it could be live. But maybe, it, maybe that is that helps keep students accountable. Again, we're talking about an article that was in uh, NBC News about a uh, union school in Indi- Modoc, Indiana. If you check their website out, it's uh, usc.k12.in.us. And if you look way up at the top there, there's a little uh, blue link or a uh, hyperlink up there called Indiana Digital. They they were struggling to uh, get students to their schools, so they, I don't want to say they sold out, <laughs> and they have a massive 
uh, over 700 kids enrolled in this digital curriculum they have now. Let me ask you guys this. I always like to, to challenge my teachers that, and we have some conversations sometimes. What do you guys think, yes or no answer, will high schools exist in a physical space 50 years from now? There will be a physical space, but that will be a place uh, just to um, collaborate and meet. But majority of the time, students will not be in that space. They'll be out in uh, whatever kind of track uh, academy or online. They'll be at home. Uh, they'll do it through virtual reality. I mean, in 50, year, 50 years, that's, that's a long that's time. Super <laughs> I tough should have said 20, imagine. but yeah. 50. I mean, Tim, what do you think? I don't know. I think 50, they'll, we'll see more of it. I still think there'll be the traditional spaces that we see now. Um, education tends to be slow on on accepting change because we've had conversation before about how we are still sitting in the the rows in the classroom for the most part, and there's a lot of innovative things out there. Um, I would say in, in 50 years that schools will embrace more of it, but I don't think, like Taylor said, I think there'll still be spaces there um, traditionally. You know, if you say 75 to 100 years, you know, that might be a thing where yeah. maybe these physical school spaces will not exist. I don't think they will. I think it'll be 50 years. 50 years from now, I think it's going to be a building in your town, and that's going to be your central hub. It's not going to be a massive, with all the infrastructure that we have now, uh, it's just going to be a small area where they go in, check in, get their stuff, and go. But I think this could be the, uh, I don't know, this, this would probably not sit well with a lot of current educators and I'd be interested in, like I said earlier, talking to some of the, the teachers at that school district and I think they talked a, a little bit about that within the article. So, okay, we had a good chat today. Everybody, thanks for listening. I am Craig Badura next to Tim Holes and Taylor Siebert and this is EDU with an edge. If you like listening to this, please subscribe. Hey, thanks Beckett. If you would also share it with a friend, we'd appreciate that. You could also leave feedback either on SoundCloud or iTunes.